It's a rare condition. It's called AIDS. When Michael Johnson got it, we all thought he was gay. If there is a cure, it'd be from God's design. Some people say it's even harder to find. Well, then there must be some magic cure inside those deep state walls. Cause all I see are medical fees. My whole family's victim to HIV. We really live horrible times, but make hilarious memories. We're consciously monetizing our traumas and our friendship. We also talk about smart guy stuff sometimes. We know the show's got a stupid name. Welcome to Always Very Always. Everybody talking about Kyrie, Kyrie Irving anti-Semitic this, Kanye West anti-Semitic that. Last time I checked, the good book, Semites are black. You know? No, but seriously, though. But seriously, folks, we all know that in America, you know, we have a different history and relationship to the, to the, Jewish, to the Jewish people. Unlike Europe, we don't have the baggage of the old world, of the old anti-Semitic uh, policies and atrocities that went ha- happened over there, mainly in Europe, but here in America, and this is the only way you could really be pro Semite or at least respectful to Semites or, or how I am. I'm really neutral on the Jewish question. Someone else can answer it later, but I think the way I see it is that in America, Jews are just white people. Like, let's be honest, folks. It's a fake religion, and they're all white, so let's treat them as such. I don't respect their holidays or their traditions, but I do respect them as humans, as white humans, and nothing's wrong with that. Some of my some of my best enemies are Jewish. Um, to talk uh, specifically and forthrightly um, about like the Kanye stuff, I think we touched on it a couple weeks ago, but I just saw this thing, and I when that time this is going up, this would be like a week later, but I saw some like thing that CBS or msnbc posted it said like kanye west paid hush money to a person who was gonna like spill the beans on like an, a time that kanye was saying yeah hitler was really nice with it like i like his african styles i like his you know i like i like you know he was just a great leader or something like something to that effect. Apparently, Kanye said something to that effect, and someone's going like tell the media about it, and he paid him money to not say nothing. But that's not Kanye's fault, is what y'all don't understand. He was reading the book, the the Timothy Snyder and uh, what's his face, the other guy book that I read from like two months ago, the quintessential blackness of Adolf Hitler. He read from that book, so he's not. Yeah, this is when like liberals find out that there's other ways to perceive the world than theirs. There's different narratives that aren't just, you know, in their little uh, Democrat versus Republican world. There's other things outside of that. Um, And like I said before, some people, they be living in the bread tube universe. Other people be living in the intellectual dark web universe. But people like me, Kanye, Kyrie Irving, we're in the, the X videos of philosophy camp the x videos of the mind 
We read books that give you that dirty, grimy shit, you know, that maybe maybe we shouldn't be reading. But deep down in our soul, we need it. It nourishes us. It nourishes us. We want it deeply. And uh, yeah, he was reading from that book. So if uh, if you want to go hear an excerpt of that, you can go check out the clip channel of the this uh, Google Hitler negotiations. Always very clips. Go to the always very clips channel, and you can uh, like a ten minute excerpt of me reading. Uh, you know, E forty was there. Macker was there. Uh, from GTA San Andreas, everyone was there. It's, it's a really great book. It really reimagines the Munich Conference and uh, what, what Hitler was really all about and how his beautiful vision was corrupted by those uh, right-wing generals. But um, anyways, but I'm, hey, 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 I'm not saying anything. They were saying something. It's not how, it's not my opinion. I have, I have my own opinions on history and whatnot. I, I just read the book. You know, the other guys would, were talking, speaking that message. I was just holding the monkey's ears. Um, but as you may have noticed, as you may have noticed, Dante is in here today um, because honestly, I don't know. Uh, you know, we, we meet every Thursday around like 12 o'clock and, uh, you know, he just didn't show up and he didn't text me and I didn't text him because. He was probably busy and I'm like a piece of shit who doesn't like talking to people. I don't like texting. So I just assumed that he was just busy. <laughs> um, so that's such a fucking antisocial dumbass. I could just text him, say, where are you at? We could just record it a different day. But you know what? That's not how that what I plan on doing is not talking to him until the next Thursday. And he just randomly shows up at my house at 12 o'clock and we just keep on going like nothing happened. That's what real friends do. Real friends don't text. They they uh they communicate through telepathy. And that's what I plan on doing. So uh what was I gonna say? What was I gonna say? Yeah, so that's that's why I don't know why he isn't here, but he's not here. Um it's mostly because I am like not a proactive person at all. I'm sort of reactive, I'm sort of a, a submissive, a bottom, if you will, in every relationship of any kind I've ever been in. Um, you know, be a sexual relationship or, a, 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 you know, in a workplace or a teacher student relationship, you know, and a teacher student relationship. I'm the bottom I'm the sub and my teacher's constantly dom- doming me. I'm um, just sitting in the middle of class, just drooling on a ball gag, trying to finish this time test. You know, that's that made me who I was. That built character. And uh, and yeah. But to go back to Kanye, I was thinking, um, this is all like, this must be what people are saying now. I was really thinking this the other day. I was hearing all the nasty stuff people saying about Kanye and all the maybe not so savory things that Kanye said. I was like, I miss the old Kanye. I miss the bold Kanye. I miss the guy who loved Cheerios Kanye. And now I think of it, there were so many Kanye's. I miss the straight Kanye. I miss the gay Kanye. I miss the Chinese Mongolian Kanye. You know? I went in the submarine, saw him down a deep sea Kanye. I miss the polo Kanye. You know? I miss the bisexual ambidextral Kanye. And when he sucked that dude's dick on MTV, that was so Kanye. You know, stuff like that. I was just thinking about stuff. I kept plugging in stuff to that song. Hmm. I miss the dog, Kanye. I miss the cat, Kanye. 
And when he fucked that horse, that was so Kanye. Okay, I gotta move on because I, I could gotta do that all day. Um, what else we want to talk about? I was gonna watch that movie that Kyrie Irving put on his Twitter, but it was like, let me look it up here. But it was like three and a half hours long. I'm like, I'm not about to do that. Yeah, it was Hebrews to Negroes Wake Up Black America. It came out like four years ago. And uh, apparently people really don't like the movie because it has tropes about Jewish people or something. And I'm like, the only from what I read about this movie, I'm not going to watch it because I'm a busy man and whatnot. Oh, this is a really bad tagline. A lie cannot live forever. It was a tagline for this movie. Um, yeah, it got it got uh, you know bad reviews for its anti-Semitic tropes. I'm I'm gonna read this user review here. The featured review for this movie on IMDb. A historical piffle. And worse than that, it will bore you to tears. I'd rather watch Paint Dry. Presented as a documentary, this fever dream of historical annihilation and revisionism lacks any pretense of serious or even unserious scholarly inquiry. Its premise is beyond risible for anyone with even passing understanding of history. And of course, it trots out well-known anti-Semitic tropes that are worthy of Mein Kampf or the Protocols of the Elders of Zion or Judas Suss. That was a book about Jews being sus. Um, if you're if you enjoy unadulterated conspiratorial propaganda that makes reading the phone book sound comparatively exciting, this movie's for you. For one, reading the phone book was very exciting for me when I was a kid. I love reading through the phone book. Maybe that's just me. Um, two, I'm not gonna talk about anti-Semitic trust. I didn't see the movie, but I did read Mein Kampf and the Protocols of Elders of Zion, and uh, I referenced those. I referenced Protocols of Elders of Zion actually quite a bit but I did I read Mein Kampf in high school for like a project and maybe I just that was at the time I didn't really understand what a Jew was so any any Jewish archetypes just went right past me Jewish tropes or anti-Semitism right past me because I was like yeah I guess this stuff is is wrong I guess but I don't know why because I don't really know what a, I didn't really know what a Jew is and then when I got I learned what a Jew is in America. And it's like, yeah, it's just a white guy. It's just a white guy with a, with an afro, I guess, with curly hair. And but what I don't what I don't understand, I don't understand about why uh, this is so. Like I can understand it being, it being a bad movie, but I I don't understand why you can't have alternate narratives of history, especially for ancient times. Like ancient Hebrew tribes, like most people, you know, 6,000 years ago, they didn't have a, a, a reading system. I mean, a, well, I guess they didn't have a reading system either. They didn't have a writing system is what I mean. They didn't have written language and whatnot. So all this like history of that time is like through triangulation and like what people from like 3,000 years ago are, are talking about, even though it was like ancient history to them. Like they're they finally like three thousand or four thousand years later after the fact, uh, developed writing systems and like wrote stories down that, you know. I don't know if we could really take that as good history. I can understand if there was something like, you know, in in the last two thousand years where there is a lot of like hard, 
uh, from multiple perspectives, primary sources. But we're talking about something from 6,000 years ago, and it's not from like India, Egypt, China or something or Greece. It's like it's probably there's a little, a little bit of interpretation. A lot more interpretation has to be involved. Um, I don't think that the origin of the Hebrew, the Hebrew tribes or Jewish tribes or whatever you want to call them. I don't know if that's like uncontestable. Not to say that this is right, because it's probably not. But I just don't understand how like this could like you can't question it at all. Is and I like every time there's anything like this, and this is like the most obvious thing, it's like stuff like this or reacting to like atrocities that Israel does. When any like anti Semitic shit, when someone gets called anti Semitic in the media and there's this big thing about it, it just they're proving even though the conspiracy isn't true. But if you believe in like an anti-Semitic conspiracy where they all control the media, it's like they kind of prove it right by saying, just calling every criticism, every alternate uh, viewpoint on Judaism, just calling it anti-Semitic, calling it tropes for even criticizing anything. And now I'm very critical of Israel and I don't support it. And I'm not, I don't support anti-Semitism or anything like that. And I certainly don't. I'm not a Kyrie Irving, like, I don't agree with Kyrie Irving. And I don't give a shit if Negroes are the true fucking Jews, because who the fuck cares? Um, But I just think it's like, it's so funny to me. It's like, some will say Jews control the media, and then like, fucking, the entire media is like, hey, no, no, we don't. Um, But whatever. I just think, I don't know, if, uh, if. If Dantes was here, I don't know what he would say about this. So this this is actually kind of benefit in disguise because I'm way more I'm way more comfortable in a meal or two of all this like outsider like conspiracy type stuff, alternate history, alternate narrative history type stuff. Because you know, I I don't know, you're not like really a American if you don't really hate the culture. Um it's the same way like I view New Orleans. It's like you're not a real New Orleans New Orleansian. You're not really from NOLA. You ain't really a NOLA nigga until you hate this place, in my opinion. Um, until you're like resigned to the violence, you're resigned to never having money. You're, you're always saying, I got to get out of here, but you never get out of here. Um, if you're like a man living in lo- lower nine, you're just resigned to the fact that you have to like fuck your landlord, your female landlord sometimes so you can get half off the rent. You're just like, it's it's a dark place. And being honest about that is that makes you like the real deal and it's the same thing for america and its culture it's like you're not a real america until you resent deeply the liberal uh, cultural hegemony and you resent the political system you're not a real american until you stop voting completely in my opinion that is in uh that is i think that's being peak American is caring deeply about politics, but never voting, caring deeply about, you know, pop culture, but hating it. Um, and yeah, it's contradictory or whatever, but you have to go through the pro- progression. You can't just stay at a level of saying that. Like, as you get more educated about things, you're going to start realizing that you're going to behave differently, going to think differently, going to gravitate to different things. And I think what Kyrie Irving and uh, all these like conspiratorial 
type guys or alternate uh, narrative type people are uh, they're going through that progression. Will they ever make it to the promised land of Marxism, Leninism? Probably not. Probably not. But they're a lot closer to there than uh, than just your average uh, media shithead who's in the pocket of of, of big liberalism. Um, but you know, I'm whatever. Uh, our audience of mostly um of mostly black female front desk workers at the DMV is probably probably not going to like the probably not going to like this episode. You know, this first 15 minutes here. But I just had to get that off my chest. I had to get that off my rack right quick uh, because it's it's really biting at me. And I want to get my opinion out there because I'm all about the marketplace of ideas. Um, I'm all about like the, the free exchange of of ideals. And I'm all about pushing my brand, my ex videos brand of philosophy. As always, giving you that grimy shit that maybe you don't need, but everyone wants everyone wants uh what's the next thing i'm going to talk about here uh, i wanted to talk about uh <laughs> there's a couple funny things that i wrote down it's like this guy like let's say i was thinking about inglorious bastards the other day and how like they scalped the nazis heads and stuff and i don't know if scalping how widespread scalping was outside of like native uh, american like wars but I just imagine a guy like some guy in the American army in like 1850 and is getting raided by some by like Choctaw or something. And, uh, you know, they just get ran through the Choctaw, just fucking fucking those that like little outpost of 50 Americans up. And this one guy, I just get on the floor and I pretend to be dead and I do a convincing job. Like I hold my breath for a while and they're going around scalping everyone. And then, then they come up to my body and like, I'm still pretending to be dead, so they just scout me. And as they start to scout me, I'm like, ah, ah! I'm just screaming, just blood curling, screaming because they scalping me alive. I wonder what would happen if if they caught me. Would they would they stop? They probably they probably would stop. Native Americans are very nice. Um, they're very nice people. Um, from from what I know, because. They let me rack up so much debt at the casino, and they they threatened. They took me in the back, and they said, if I don't pay this off in the next two weeks when I get my next check, you know, we will murder your mother. And that's better than an Italian mob. They'll just, they'll just, you know, pop your eye out as soon as you're not paying the debt back, not paying some of the debt off. So Native Americans are very cordial with me. They didn't threaten any bodily harm to me. I mean, they threatened my mother. But, you know, that's somebody else. That's somebody else, you know. And it's sort of my mom's fault because she gave birth to me and uh, she still won't give me a she she never gave me allowance as a kid. So me racking up debt and her dying for it, that's sort of on her. Because if I if I gave me allowance, it would would allowed me to get good with money and I never would have felt the need to gamble or I would have learned how to gamble properly. And then I would have been like like a champion at gambling. I would have I would have won at life. But. So my mama had to be a dumb, greedy bitch um, and make $12 an hour uh, working at McDonald's. Um, you know, she didn't want to give me she didn't want, you getting 12 like the minimum wage here in federal the federal minimum wage is seven point two five. 
so that's all you need to live. Let me get an allowance of four point seven five an hour. I'm grinding here. I was grinding in third grade. I was grinding in fourth grade. I was an uh uh, uh what's it called a magnum cum loud guy until like seventh grade. It all went downhill in seventh grade because that's when like damn I, I was going over to my friend's house. I was like damn. All my friends getting allowance and they got Xboxes, Tox boxes, chocolate boxes, cookie totes, uh, little, little, little toads and Schrotes. A Schrotes like a rodent, right? They got all this stuff at their house. They got pets, cookies, cakes and pies, game cubes, chance cube, you know, dance, dance, revolution and all this. And what I got, I had fucking... DS, I had a piss stain DS, couple couple of games on it. You know, I had a Wii. I also had an Xbox, and maybe I had a couple games for all of them. Yeah, I had a computer. Yeah, I had a flat screen TV, but it wasn't enough. I never got to spend the money myself on it, so I just got the things as gifts, as whatever. Um, but mom, and let's hey. Let's also blame our dads out there. Black dads are not getting enough blame for what they do to their children. And you could be like, yeah, the, that's a stere- like that stereotype is always going to stick. And that's going to be a pressure on a black man to maintain a family, like maintain a family or maintain a relationship with the wife or maintain, uh, you know, that structure, even though he maybe should get the divorce. Maybe it would be the best thing for him personally. Um and that puts a lot of pressure on on the black man and the black family is not becoming our statistic. Um, but, you know, we don't put enough pressure on them. There should be like the it shouldn't be like divorce or maintain the family. It should be maintain the family or commit suicide, commit Sudoku, Sepek, Sepeku and Pokemon Shuffle on yourself. You cut your own guts out or you stay together because let's face it, folks. These these dads aren't really paying their child support that much. They don't pay that much. Um, I remember finding out what other like have like talking to to my friends and talking to friends that had a little more money, and them had like their parents being divorced, and then somehow I don't know how this come up, but finding out how much their parents had to pay, like their dad had to pay in child support, and I was like, damn, you're doing good. I was like, my dad give me fucking gave gave my mom like fifty dollars in a fucking Tootsie roll every month and didn't even pay it half the time. But some of these people are getting like twenty one hundred every month. And I'm like, where, where they do that at? They ain't doing that over here in fucking New Orleans East. They weren't doing that over there when I was over when I was over in southeast fucking Missouri. But apparently they doing that over there in Matter. Apparently they doing that over there in Mid City. But uh, what I was even fucking talking about. Oh, yeah. How it's my mom's fault that she's going to get murdered by the Native American mob. Um, But, yeah, that's what I got to say about that. But nothing. Taking you back to my childhood so you can learn a little bit more about who I am, who I be and who I will be. Um, So I remember because I think I, I this wasn't on a podcast, but last week. 
uh, I, after we recorded, we were walking. We were walking to the for the to the Chick Fil A, because we do support uh, gay conversion camps, and that's why we love going Chick Fil A. We love spending all our money on Chick Fil A. That's actually why I don't have money now, mostly, because even when I do get my gambling winnings from playing the slots or whatever, I spend my winnings at Chick Fil A mostly, and I'd be like, I go in there and say, it's like, it'd be like a four thirty in the afternoon. There's like three people in line and then me and Dante said, everybody in here, it's all on me. It's all on me. I'm paying everybody stuff. I just won at the fucking lottery and I'm blowing this rack, this little rack of $50. I just want the slots. And um, and I keep doing that every time I win. You know, I'm penniless. I'm destitute. I will be getting kicked out of my uh, my apartment soon enough. That and a combination of various uh, vile, like uh, health violations, uh, be it the the black mold that I that I'm developing and experimenting on. Apparently, that's that's against the apartment uh, codes and rules and regulations, or maybe like the city building codes or whatever. Also, the fact that I I uh, I like uh, this is getting a little gross here. This is getting a little gross here, but. It works for me like my my shower, like the drain is very big. That's a big hole, like way bigger than your normal, um, you know, shower, normal tub. So I pee and poop in it. So I'm hey, don't judge me. Don't judge me. I pee and poop in the shower. And I, I, I you know, and at first for like the first year I lived here, I would like use my foot to make the poop go down the drain. But what you do is you can unscrew you can unscrew like the little like the, the what's it called the like the metal cover on the drain like where it got all those holes and it was scary anyway because all those holes were giving me tryptophobia so every time like sometimes i would pull in the shower just out of fear when i saw that when i saw that you know that drain so i took the top part of the drain off all little holes and i like instead of throwing it away it's like oh no i can't put this in the garbage can because it has bacteria and stuff on it um so what I did was I opened up like my door to the balcony and I just chucked that shit as far as I could. And I don't know where it went, but all I heard was my leg in the distance. And uh, I just assumed that was something unrelated because I did hear like a car, like like the alarm go off. So maybe I thought, oh, the someone got hit by by a car or something. That um, wasn't me. Um, But yeah. And I I'm apparently I'm under I'm under hot water uh, because I poo poo a pee pee in the tub. Um, but yeah, but I am going to get kicked out. And if you really help me out, honestly, if, you know, you checked out the Patreon, you know, you spend you spend a little money, maybe five, ten dollars a month. You know, it's not nothing big, but it helped brother out because, you know, niggas struggling out here. And yeah, I might the way this is what's going on, going forward, the Patreon money. Half of that going to me, half that going to Dante's, but half of Dante's money is going towards my gambling. So I'm I'm being responsible because my half is going towards rent and shit like that. But Don half of Dante's half is going towards gambling, and that's as much. That's the limit. That's the limit. I'm not gonna do any more than that because I'm I, I'm trying to wean myself off the off the stuff. So. You can help a brother out because if I'm just using my regular money that I get from payday loans and whatnot, um, 
you know, I'm going to keep doing my regular. I must blow all my money on Chick-fil-A and gambling. I'm, I'm, I'm even living at Harris. As I get killed out of this apartment, I'm going to be living in the parking lot over by Harris. I'm going to be living in the parking lot by, by the aquarium and stuff. So, you know, help, help brother out. Just do the right thing. Check out the Patreon. Check out the clip channel. Always very clips. I mentioned that before. We got we got fire clips. They're good clips. They're shareable. Your friends will love it. Your friends will love this show more than you do. Even that's what I'm thinking. And yeah. So we we doing cool stuff, and I think it's all pretty entertaining or whatever. But really, even if it wasn't entertaining, do a brother a solid. Do a brother silent and help, you know, a black man on the rise out because I don't want to be one of those resentful guys who become successful when he's in his late 30s and be like, you know, I can brag about. Yeah, ain't nobody helped me. I ain't get no handouts. Everybody fucking every time I walked outside, dogs would bark at me. Every time I go on Walmart, guards would punch at me. Every time I went in Walmart, the greeter would, would frown at me. Every time I went into the airport, a TSA agent would molest me. And it's like uh, all that, all that was dragging me down. But I still made it. We out here puffing on clouds. It's only the beginning even though I'm middle age and I have a you know uh gang ties and multiple bodies on me and it's only gonna be a matter of days until um I'm sentenced to death. Um because of my past life. You know, stuff like that. I don't wanna be that type of guy. Like, yeah, I got multiple bodies on me, but I want if I get the community to help me, that's that was C murder's problem, honestly. He didn't have enough buying in the community. I know that's a blasphemous to say popular local rapper gets gets uh, convicted of murder on trumped up charges I'm, I'm a free c murder guy but i'm just saying it would have never got that far if more people were out here lobbying for c murder not even like really paying attention to that court case as it was happening so he never got convicted in the first place and you know if c if that c murder thing happened in 2018 or 2019 what year is this 2022 if that happened now, I I think there would be enough attention on it and a public outcry to be like, oh, that one person who is lying, that witness is lying. And uh, and we could call him out on it. And they would he see murder wouldn't be, be convicted. He would have got 20 years of his life back and some because I think he might have a life sentence. Actually, is he murder? Did he get a life sentence? Let's see. I would love to get C murder on the show. Let's see, how's he doing? He's 51 years old. Uh, 2018 with two key. Oh, my bad. Okay, Miller is is serving his life sentences at Louisiana State Penitentiary. Controversy surrounding witnesses involved in Miller's trial came to light in 2018 when two key witnesses recanted their statements, claiming they had been pressured into testifying against Miller by authorities. Miller maintains his innocence and he, his brothers and his nephew would have all called for a new trial numerous times. So yeah, the fucking, so yeah, if this happened now, this happened now, people would have, people would have called, would have been able to call bullshit on the witnesses a little bit earlier. And they would have, they would have been public pressure on the witness to maybe recant that statement as the trial's happening, then the whole trial just gets thrown out. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm just being. Maybe I'm just rooting for the home team a little too hard because there's all these other rappers 
got convicted of murders. But all these other rappers that convicted of stuff in like the past ten years, they all like they all like make songs about I murdered that nigga on oh, thirty thirty. Oh, I about to say I about to say I about to say an address that I was about to say someone I know's address. But you get the point. It's been joked about many times that they they'll make a song talking about exactly how they did the murder so you know you don't need me to finish that bit for you already get it people have done it before but anyways louisiana state penitentiary legitimately looks like a, a school i went to in texas uh and if you lived in texas or at least like you know vacation there had like people i don't know why you vacation in texas um maybe corpus christi you go to the the beautiful beaches of corpus christi but anyways, a lot of the schools, like I remember one day, one time I went, it was while my cousins were in high school, going to San Antonio and seeing the high school they went to. And it just looks like a fucking prison. It's like it's a prison without like uh, barbed wire fencing. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to get more pictures of uh, the Angola prison system. And I'm trying to trying to get a better view of it because from what I'm seeing, it just yeah, it looks like a, just a southern school. Oh man, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't fucking imagine being in that prison. I can imagine being like an ADX Florence or something, where it's just like you know, it's you know, because that's that's represented in um in media all the time but i feel that you know angola does not get uh does not get shine in too many in too many tv shows or movies at least that i've seen but uh on louisiana state penitentiary wikipedia i'm gonna read off this because you know it's content uh the louisiana state penitentiary also known as angola also nicknamed alcatraz of the south the angola plantation or the farm is a maximum security prison farm in Louisiana operated by the Louisiana Department of Public Safety and Corrections is named Angola after former after the former slave plantation that occupied this territory plantation was named after the country Angola from which many slaves originated before arriving in Louisiana. I just that's like so dark. Oh, my God. It's like, yeah, we're going to we're going to. We're gonna we're gonna get rid of the plantations. We're gonna get rid of slavery. But on top of all the plantations, we're going to make uh, gigantic uh, labor camps where the vast majority of the people sitting here will be uh, will be um, what's McDanky will be black. Will be the same people who would be slaves uh, if it was you know if it was slavery still illegal was still legal you know minus minus the women I guess so that's big that's that is progress. We got to make slavery. We got we went from slavery of everyone to just like a, a physical harsh slavery of men on the plantations. And we just make the, the women, you know, y'all can do those front office, those shitty front office jobs at the DMV or work at Best Buy or work at McDonald's. Um, and if you're lucky enough, you know, one out of every 500 black women will become a Kamala Harris style individual. Um, we can only hope, right, folks? I really like Angola's flag. It's like a machete with like a gear. And I'm like, man, that's looking hella communistic. And I forgot. 
Angola is like, uh, let's see, isn't like a Marxist-Leninist state? Or it was at one point. Let's see, let's read here. As vast mineral and petroleum reserve, that's what's up. After a protracted anti-colonial struggle, Angola, Angola uh, achieved independence in 1975 as a Marxist Leninist one-party state. The country descended into devastating civil war. I remember that. I remember I was there actually. I volunteered, and uh, I was for the MPLA. And then I was there when they were doing the mocap and the filming to that like that death death of the MPLA. Uh, uh, cutscene. It was pretty odd because we were like shooting at them and stuff, but they were just they were just filming, and we were trying. We, I I swear to God, I swear I wish I had a camera back then to film it. But I was hitting. I was trying. I, I had like the I think it was called the DSR fifty or whatever, and I was doing YY seven twenty, uh, you know, quick scopes to to the guy who sent that to MPLA, but he wouldn't die. He just I kept getting hit markers. I don't know why. Uh, but yeah, I was there for that. Let me keep uh, reading here. Between the ruling's people movement for the liberation of Angola, the MPLA, backed by the Soviet Union and Cuba, what's up? The insurgent National Union for Total Independence of Angola, UNITA, originally a Maoist and later anti-communist group supported by the United States and South Africa. That's not what's up because back then South Africa was like, yeah, whites should have all the power, but like, yeah, it's a black country, but we know whites have a mind to govern and blacks be like oh i'm just trying to oh, i'm over here trying to play the bongos and i'm trying to play my little monkey and i'm trying to eat you know i'm trying to eat fried oreos and shit and white people be like uh hitherto uh unitus dominitus united we fall uh uh together we stand and you know that see that you might be like what well, that's just gibberish but white people understand what that means and that really speaks to them because they have the mind, they have the governing mind where black people be like, oh, I'm trying, I'm, you know, I'm trying to uh, leave work early. I don't even want overtime because I'm trying to catch Martin tonight. And that's how they were in South Africa. So, you know, maybe, maybe Mandela was wrong. Anyways, uh, back by Zaire. Zaire. Uh, the country has been governed by MPLA ever since the independence. Following the war in 2002, uh, Angola emerged as a relatively stable unitary presidential constitutional republic. They still got that badass flag, though. So good for them. Oh, the motto is Virtus Unida Fortior. Virtue is stronger when united. And ain't that the truth? Ain't that the goddamn truth? I could use some fucking strength when I'm united. Uh, what's my danky? What I'm, what I'm gonna say here? Um, hmm. I don't know why I keep reading the fucking Wikipedia. Well, and we're done. We're done with that. But if you are interested, if you if you're like me and you like like looking at the Wikipedia for cool for cool geographical things, go check out the Wikipedia for Lake Baikal. It's one of my favorite lakes. Okay, I mean, some people consider the Caspian Sea a lake, and if we do that, that's probably that's probably my favorite lake. So yeah, it's Lake Baikal or or the Caspian Sea, but I'm you know what you know what I'm calling it a sea. You know what I don't even think it I don't even think it's a sea. I think it's a whole ocean, 
Cause think of it. What's the what's the the essence of an ocean? It's like a lot of water. It's so much water that when you're on one side of it, you can't even see the other side. But with lakes, you can always there's always some on the other side, like a mountain or like uh like Nessie. Like they be having Nessies in, in lakes. But in, in oceans, they don't have Nessies. Um there's like it's so it's so big and vast that even the supernatural beings don't even feel comfortable like showing up and saying hi like because the ocean is for like mean catty like sort of standoffish sort of sort of guys like like squids and stuff and whales like they come out for air but they ain't trying they ain't trying to mess with you you know dolphins they're like the weird kid they're like the like the the girl who's like she kind of cute with it she cute with it but she wearing like a orange like fluffy wig and she talk she talking about how she a fucking she identifies as a starfish and stuff. This is not this hey, don't this is not me saying this. This is not this that's not an idea. This is I talked to dolphins. Many of my best friends were dolphins back in the day. And this is how they were. Like dolphins are are that, that cute weird chick, but she she's not cute enough to justify how weird she is type thing. And that's like really the essence of the ocean. Whereas a lake it's just like it's sort of like a football team. It's like, sort of like that environment or like a, a, a girl softball team. We're all here for we're all here just to do our thing. And like sometimes we get serious sometimes, sometimes when it's like a lake of rage style thing, where there's a bunch of Gyarados who are angry. But most of here, most of the time we're here to vibe, uh, be athletic and just have a chill, sexy time with each other in the ocean. It's just like like a lake is like romantic sex and ocean is like rape. And I think Caspian Sea has a history of rape, um, especially those those uh, those raids, those raids that that, you know, various Cossacks would do to northern Iran or North, northern Persia, I should say, actually, and uh, stuff like that. There's always raids happening, coastal raids happening on the Caspian Sea. When Lake Baikal, there was just seals having a good time. There was, uh, you know, various uh People's playing playing uh, their traditional music on Lake Baikal. It was a pleasant time, and uh, it was pretty cold. It was a cold time, so you know, bring bring your bring your coats and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's the difference between. There's no such thing as a sea. It's just an ocean. There's oceans and lakes, and we can maybe consider a river its own thing as well. But it depends on how wide the river is, honestly. Because like the Volga River is almost like a lake, I would say. At some parts, it's almost like a lake. The Mississippi, not the Mississippi. I mean, in Louisiana, the Mississippi is so like controlled. I think to where like it doesn't count as a body of water. It's more like a. It's more like just a thing that's just there. I don't really think of the Mississippi River as like it being water around New Orleans because, like, it's it's always it's controlled by these like big metal. These like gigantic metal, uh, I don't know what you would call them, but are they called dikes? I don't know. I thought dike was a hole, but I think a dike might be a levee. It's like controlled by these like metal structures that keep the river from like moving east or west because naturally the lower Mississippi, if it starts, it's a flow shifts, not from north from south, but like. At one point, it will go straightly like right, right where it is right now, 
if you took the metal structures away, it would naturally start uh, like shifting to the left or depending on the weather, it would naturally shift more to the right. And maybe in an extreme case, I don't know what's ever happened in history. The Mississippi River could start flowing into the pond, into Lake Pontchartrain, maybe or towards the Bonacary spillway area. Um, we controlled it from doing that through those metal things. Let's just call them dikes. Or let's call them bull daggers, actually. Let's call them bull daggers. They put down these big metal bull daggers to to control the flow of the lake. Um, so I don't really think of it. It's more like a human-made sort of thing. It's it's like a cyborg. That's what it is. We call it a cyborg because yeah, it's not it's not a lake and it's not a sea. But I would call the Volga River is is a lake, and I think we can all agree on that. Uh, the Tiber River is an extension of an ocean. So we're so we're, we obviously that one's a self uh that's that's a self explanatory um but yeah let's see what else I got on this here document oh there's this city that I, I was look, I was trying to like find a place to pitch my book because I'm writing a manuscript and I'm trying to I'm trying to pitch my book so I can have some money because maybe maybe that's my only way to ever get fucking ducats in this world is is not ever really getting a real job because i think that shit might have passed but maybe i have to go all in on being a creative guy so i have been working on this book called garibaldia for some time and hopefully i can get something maybe i can get a little five thousand dollar book deal hey that's all i need i can make that five thousand dollar stretch for a while um especially if you know I, i get a couple you know high hands gambling at the fucking casino i could make that stretch for a lot longer actually uh but anyways i was on a site talking about you know the procedure to go pitch your book what you want to do before you ever write a pitch and all this and i saw this book like on like the ads on the on the sideboard of the website and it was called like utopia texas i'm like oh is this some sort of like uh sci-fi book or is it sort of like this alternate history sort of fantasy thing i went to go google what the book was and apparently it was just like a history of the city utopia texas which is a real city and what i thought was a little a little ironic i guess a little ha ha he he is that utopia texas you guessed it is right next to uvaldi and that's a shame and that's a shame to be naming that because it's like oh it's utopia and then right next to it, we have School Shooter City. And it's like, that's fucked. But we could talk a little bit about the history. The history of uh, old Utopia, Texas. It is a censic designated place in Uvalde County. Let's change it to Utopia County because we don't want to remind ourselves, you know, about that, about that tragedy. Uh, but Utopia only has 227 people living in. What a shithole. Um, what I found interesting is that Carl Berkeley of Zurich, Switzerland, one of the early Swiss socialists, had moved to Texas in 1855 to take part in an endeavor to found a utopian self-sustaining community named Utopia. However, the project didn't succeed and Berkeley moved back to Zurich. He took part in the movement to end the rule of the liberal majority in Zurich. In, 19, in 1868, he was elected to the Council for the Revision of the Constitution of Zurich. 
Others say citizens of another earlier settlement of Waresville called it Utopia after finding that the name Montana, Texas had already been taken. To this day, the cemetery is named for to this day, the cemetery is named for Waresville. A planned utopian community nearby was canceled after the failure of La Reunion near Dallas discouraged colonizers. The nearby city of Castroville was founded by French Alsatian settlers. So that was French guys from Alsace-Lorraine. So maybe they spoke German. There were French guys, I think, who spoke German. Hmm. Which fits Texas because it was filled with German speakers before, you know, the great uh, anti anti German sentiment in the early 1900s. I feel like German should be like not a second language. It should be English, German, Spanish. They should all be the primary language like on equal footing with each other in America. Because those are the languages that built America. And we could we could add Dutch in as like a little, as a gesture. But you know. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so I just want to read that because I just thought, how was like this shitty ass town? There's still like a debate of what the history of it was. Like who gives a fuck? It's a shitty ass town. Who who founded it? We should, we should nuke it. Yeah, I'm, I think I, oh, Utopia has like one yeah i think it has one high school and one elementary school so if you did a school shooting there that'd be like school's out forever so school's out forever school's out because i shot it yeah that's all i say about utopia uh, I was going to talk about if I had three wishes, um, what I do with it, but we're not going to talk about that right now. Um, what's we got on the list? The KFC console. I I don't know what I was looking up. I think I was looking up like the KFC donut chicken sandwich to see if they did if they still sell that. Because I remember the KFC donut chicken sandwich. It came out like February of 2020. So like right conveniently, like two months later, we're all in quarantine and we're 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 door dashing stuff and we're like, hey, let's experiment. Let's let's be epic and get donut sandwiches and then like, you know, gain 20 pounds because we can't really go outside that much. So it came on right in time for everyone to be gaining weight and getting diabetes. So but that's not what I'm talking about. The KF the KF console is apparently like a real thing but what i don't get about it is why would i if i'm a pc gamer like how much do you think i I sit down during a day like do you think gamers don't move at all because it's like a it's meant to be like a pc with a with also like a, a chicken microwave and a chicken like a chicken refrigerator as well i think but we already have microwaves and refrigerators do we all do we really need that to be all the same thing? And uh yeah, I look I'm on the on the website for uh, the KF console and it says introducing the KF console. Power your hunger. The KF console has arrived, forged from the fires of the KFC ovens and built by the cooler master from the ground up. 
There has never been a taste your way to experience the latest titles in stunning 4K, 240 FPS. World's first built-in chicken chamber. Never risk letting your chicken go cold again. Thanks to the patented chicken chamber, utilizing the system's natural heat and airflow system, you can now focus on your gameplay and enjoy hot, crispy chicken between rounds. So it's like, okay, you get your computer so hot for trying to run the newest, not even the newest, fucking games from, you're trying to run Shadow of Mordor on Mac settings. And your and your graphics card is like heating up to like ninety five degrees. And it's like oh, what does puts? People make the joke. Oh, I could fry egg on this thing. KFC is making Reddit jokes. Reddit jokes real, I guess, by using the heat from your from your very expensive graphics card and using that to heat up your nasty your nasty ass chicken. Um, built and designed by Cooler Master. At Cooler Master, we're wired different. We're built different. We're sort of shaped like Grimace, but even taller. We go way beyond the outside of the box to deliver cutting-edge performance with a touch of class. Our expert my team, led by the legendary Swedish craftsman, Temple, Temple, what? Our legendary Swedish craftsman, PewDiePie, set about building this awesome beast, and boy, did he deliver. Only the best. Housing the custom Cooler Master NC100 chat. This is nerd shit. I don't give a fuck about that. Why can't you just show me a video of someone using it? And I don't need my games to be finger licking good. They're going to get grease on the keyboard and stuff. I don't know. I don't really get it. Let's see. Can I get a release date? Uh... So it might be coming out soon. It might be coming out soon. I don't. I don't understand what was what's taking so long. Like, why not just make like I don't know, like two thousand of these bad boys, send some out to like some big reviewers, you know, send this out to Ninja and stuff. Cease doing. Send this out to XQC and all of them, Hassan Piker, even get get like the little little. A little guy, the little mid-tier guy, get us to the black Okage, let these people review it. Um, and they'll they'll make they'll be like, Oh, it's so funny, but you know, actually it works. Like it's an idea so stupid that it works. And then people will start buying it. It's sort of like uh it reminds me somewhat of that had that Xbox fridge that they sold, the Xbox mini fridge that they sold for like a hundred dollars. Now, I mean that was relatively cheap, I guess. For a new mini fridge. I don't even know. But it reminds me of that. It's like a, a joke that the internet made. And then the company's like, what if we made it real? And then we can make a little bit of money off it. So I'm waiting for the KF console to come out because I need something to buy my kids. I need, they need presents this, this Christmas. So, And maybe we, they're not so much a, a fried chicken sort of family. They like heating up. They like heating up their uh, goldfish and whatnot, which I'm also gifting them this Christmas. Because it's nothing like my kids really love just drinking a warm glass of milk and some warm goldfish before they go to sleep. Um, let's see. What else we got to talk about here? Uh, ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. I don't I don't understand Ben Simmons because it's like, just retire. If you don't like basketball, just retire. 
That's what I would do. I know a lot of people will be like, oh, if I if I was Vincent, no. They always do the wrong take because it's not that it's stupid to do if I was this person sort of hypothetical because they never put themselves actually in their shoes. They're just like, well, if I if you swap me for him is basically what they're saying instead of saying if I was Ben Simmons, you know what I'm saying? Like you're you're putting yourself there instead of going from his going from his perspective is what you should be doing. Like from his perspective he can have his all he can have his same feelings or whatever i'm not saying that he's uh wrong for feeling the way he does or lack of confidence or whatever's happening inside his head i'll just be like the only difference that i think he should make or should have made is that like retire like you're never going to like this in my opinion <laughs> you're, you're probably never going to like this again because you really like he never seemed like a guy who liked basketball to begin with. So like I don't know. No, you don't have to make it to the end of your contract in my opinion. You get one more year of getting paid this money and then you're done. And then you just go off into obscurity and I know that that would be a thing that I think uh that'd be a, if I was in the, in the NBA or even even if I was Ben Simmons, let's say it's like uh, I wouldn't be comfortable. I wouldn't know what to do. What's life out there basketball I really like? And uh, I guess that's something that he uh, maybe never really confronted. But he's been, even though he lost a lot of money getting fined by the 76ers last year, I would just be like, hey, play one more season and see if like, um, if I start to enjoy it again. But if I don't, just fucking retire. Like, all you be underrate to the degree. I think you underrate to the degree that all these, like, a lot of these players have passion for the game. A lot of them don't. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of these high level, high level NBA players, they do have a legitimate passion for the game. So even though they're past the point of having anything to prove, good example, like Vince Carter, when he played until like he was 42, you know, or like uh, Tom Brady in football, they have nothing to prove. They keep playing because it's like that's that's their life. That's all they that's all they got. But why would you keep playing past the point then like past the point that you have anything to prove? And especially if you're Ben Simmons, you don't really give a fuck. You feel like you have nothing to prove. Like he wouldn't have sat out multiple entire seasons if he felt like he had something to prove. Even though you could say, Oh, he had he had injuries. He had injuries the first season. He had the one foot injury that kept him out the entire season. That kept him out his rookie year. Or had the back injury that kept him out the entire last year. And uh, and the playoffs of last year. You know, to some extent, he was playing it up. Even though he might have had a real back injury at one point. But uh, it's like if you don't care about winning a championship. Or being viewed as like a winner or whatever. Just fucking retire. You have nothing to prove. And you'd be a lot happier if you did that. But maybe he's just trying to, I don't know, like, uh, I don't know, get injured, like, take injury breaks until, (laughs) until, I don't know how to say this, like, miss two games, miss five games, miss whole months at a time until his contract runs out so he can keep getting paid. But, uh, anyways... 
I have a lot of sympathy for Ben Simmons because I'm also a guy who really didn't like basketball, was on the basketball team, and just lost my love for the game entirely, but just had to finish what I started. And huh, I just hope that Ben Simmons fucking quits. Either retires at the end of the season in, in a shocking manner, or he refines his love for the game. And he goes back. Doesn't need to be a shooter. Doesn't need to be any of that. He can ball handle. He's a great defender when he want back in the day. Maybe not now. Um, and I, I just feel like either way, in my eyes, and the way he should view himself, he should view himself as someone who has nothing to prove. If he retires or if he keeps playing, that's how I would. That's what I would tell him um, if I was like his friend or whatever. So I wanted to finish off this episode just by saying that is uh, sometimes your life, you might have had all your eggs in one basket. You finally do get what you're on. The gamble, you won the gamble. You hit big, but you realize it's not exactly what you wanted. It wasn't enough. It didn't go the way you planned it. And sometimes you just got to either swallow that, that, that pride and you know pivot to something else. Or you just uh, you find something about it that makes you fall in love with why you gambled on it in the first place. So I leave y'all with that. Thank you so much for listening. If you made this through throughout this whole non Dantes nonsensical nonsense this episode, uh, thank you so much. Uh, check out Always Very Eclipse. Uh, check out the Patreon. And check out a book from your local library, folks. Support libraries. And, uh, yeah, and get your fucking, get your daughter spayed or neutered. Uh, bye. <laughs>